This is The Matt Report, the voice of WordPress entrepreneurship. If you're running a WordPress freelance business selling themes, plugins, or client services, this is the place for you. Learn more at mattreport.com and subscribe at mattreport.com slash subscribe. And now, on to the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Matt Report. Uh, as always, your host, Matt. And this is the show where we talk to real WordPress entrepreneurs from all walks of life. Designers, developers, marketers, bloggers, authors, business owners, e-commerce people, anybody doing anything with WordPress, they're selling services or building stuff with WordPress, we want to talk to them uh, so they can join us to teach us how they did it so we can too. MattReport.com, MattReport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list. MattReport.com slash join if you want to become a pro member and get in on all the action that goes on behind the scenes at Matt Report. Join other entrepreneurs talking about how they started their business. How do they raise their rates? How do they find new customers? Uh, we do all that stuff in the pro membership, mattreport.com slash join. Joining us today, none other than the, I don't know, I was going to say the WordCamp marathoner, the <laughs> legacy WordCamper uh, organizer, David Bissett of Dimension Media. David, welcome to the program. Oh, happy to be here. Very privileged and honored, by the way. Thank you. You are welcome, Matt. We are, we are, we are the ones that are honored to have you here. Uh, you're most well-known for, of course, WordCamp Miami, uh, WP Armchair, and bringing all the fun uh, that is known about WordCamps to Twitter. And we want to learn about that today and some other stuff. So give folks the two-minute two elevator pitch, who you are, what you do. Oh, I'll try to make it 30 seconds. <laughs> We got two uh, minutes. Okay, okay. Well, um, I work out of my home of a full-time freelancer and from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, I started with WordPress when it was version 1.5 in early 2005. And um, since then, I've been working with, uh, I do a lot of WordPress custom themes. I actually do a lot of highly customized WordPress themes for right now for particular clients and companies and startup companies. And um, nothing that would be redistributed in the public or sold as a theme necessarily. But these are highly customized themes uh, for 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 clients and customers that use them for years. I also do plugin development, and a big part of what I do, actually, the majority of what I do right now, is also Buddy Press related, and that's what I usually talk about. Usually, when I'm at work camps, when I'm speaking and not organizing them. <laughs> and, and as you know, I'm also, and as you just mentioned, I I run. I've been organizing Work Camp Miami since it started for five years. Uh, we started, John Jacoby and me and a few others started started working on it in 2009. 2010, we had 200 people, and last April, you were you were there, and uh, we had our fifth WordCamp, and we had 770 show up. So I've had the honor of doing that and having two buddy camps also in the past year and also having um, running the local Word, couple of WordPress meetups every month. Yeah, um, WordCamp Miami was awesome, um, and I'm sure they that and just knowing from all the um, the speak of the last four um, being awesome, uh, the fifth one was was great. Especially enjoyed the ice cream. <laughs> uh, you know, it was really well, uh, that, was the, that was not the highlight, but the the ice cream was great. Yeah, speakers, lunch, you know, it was the it was the ice cream. Yeah, that's fine. We'll, we'll, that's good feedback. We'll have to. <laughs> well, I know what to do next time then to keep people coming back. So I'm curious to, to know, and I'm sure others are in the audience, about maybe starting a WordCamp. Uh, what was it that sparked that initial idea to say, you know what, we're going to take on this huge task, all volunteer, to do this crazy thing? Uh, how did that start, and how has it 
either progress your career or at least connected you with other folks in the WordPress world? Oh, well, it was just, uh, I guess it's the same way others, when you ask them how they got into, you know, contributing to core or doing the documentation or, you know, starting their local meetup, you know, you ask them why they probably would say something that boils down to just giving back to the community. Um, we, remember I started this, when I started this with John and the other guys in 2010 or 2009, we had our first work camp in 2010. There, the work camps were just getting started, but they've been out for at least a year or two, I think. So, you know, we weren't one of the very first on the scene, but I saw the, I saw the potential that having a work camp down in Miami, which is a which is a large metropolitan area, right? It's probably one of the biggest cities in the country in terms of at least diversity, if not population. So we agreed that there was potential and there was, and we saw it as a way to giving back to the community, especially since there weren't too many of these types of conferences in Miami, um, believe it or not. Um, so we thought it would just benefit everybody if we just had a WordPress or a front end type of uh, conference in our area. And it's benefited, benefited me it's benefited me enough because I think if I, at least in the WordPress community, like you just described how everybody knows me, whether they've been to WordCamp Miami or not, they know that I run it. So at least somebody knows me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they don't know me. Like, you know, they don't, you know, it's not like they, you know, I know you cause I saw you on the news and somebody's looking for you. No, that's not that type of popularity. You're wanted. Yeah. Or, you know, you're, you're the idiot who made that plugin that failed or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but, yeah. What, one of the questions I have is uh, about WordCamp, and maybe this is something that I might be asking the wrong person, but do you think that, Probably. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to frame this. Like, I had Pat Flynn on uh, a few episodes ago, mm. and, you know, he's very well known in the web marketing space, and he, and he sort of circles, flies in the circles of all, like, the typical web marketing uh, conferences, you know, maybe like a Blog World or an SMX and things like that. When I told him about WordCamp, he didn't even know what it what it was, right? And and we're getting like eight, nine hundred people, thousands of people that go to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. like these are big events. Like, why are why don't why doesn't the rest of the world know about this stuff? Well, it's their local community run, you know, conferences. I think yep. I think a lot of times, you know, the people involved with you and me and. Mm -hmm. Chris Lima and all, you know, core contributors, you know, we, we, you know, this is central to what we do because, you know, we're involved with WordPress. We want it to succeed. And that's the reason why I usually start a meetup or a conference because in your area, because you want WordPress to succeed with this community element. But if you're not outside the bubble, I mean, I ask every time at WordCamp Miami, like how many people, is this your first WordCamp? And sometimes as many as a third of the audience raises their hand and you're like, well, we've been doing this for five years. So how, <laughs> You know, where are you people going? Right. <laughs> where Where was the people last year? I mean, we sell out, so I guess you know they these people are slow, but you know to get tickets or something. But yeah, it's I, I just think it's one of those things. It's still probably like the worst kept secret, and um, you know, especially for people that are, you know, that are not WordPress centric. I mean, you know, I I use a couple of tools on my desktop that aren't that I use, but not full of my life like, you know, like Photoshop or, you know, all these other miscellaneous tools. But I, I discover these tools have their own conferences sometimes and sometimes in my own backyard until I, you know, a couple of months before they happen. Yeah. You know, you have to yeah, be on I top mean, of these things to, to see them. So it's very, 
it's it's because because you're not you're the the marketing and advertising budget for WordCamps also is not very great. Um, well, there, yeah, yeah, there so we go. That's I mean, part of it too. Should should those be those should those types of things be increased? Because I'm just looking at SMX East, which is happening soon, uh, search engine marketing conference, right? And this is just the the East one. It's eighteen hundred dollars for an all access pass. Right, and you can get the the boot camp one for five hundred bucks. But even the five hundred bucks for the boot camp is ten times the amount of a WordCamp ticket. But the, the people flock to these events. I mean, I understand they're, you know, they're tapping into larger industries. But even I don't even like to say that because I feel WordPress is such an integral role for any of anybody who's doing search engine marketing is probably touching WordPress somewhere along the way, maybe, or at least a majority of these people are. Um, so I guess that begs the question: Should should the marketing budgets just be increased for WordCamps to reach more people, or is it not necessary? I guess it depends on your conference. Like we don't really have to market much for WordCamp Miami because, I mean, I don't even know what we're going to do next year. I mean, we'll go for a smaller conference next year. We we maxed out a a thousand person auditorium setup, and you know, if, so we don't we don't necessarily need to to market the the local and the outside people coming in. Some work camps might, but I think it might be because the the example that you gave was at a national conference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. West. Oh well, at least at least two, right? So there's 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 that factor where you're only needing to promote two events out of the year. When it's work camps, they're split into individual pieces because it's it's a local event. So it's kind of hard to nationally market something. You know, when you have a work camp going on every week, because there's eventually going to be one in your area, but still. I, I think we st- you know I don't doesn't hurt to get the word out more and because mar- a lot of WordCamp uh, budgets are all about you know utilizing the the last dollar most effectively marketing does not really come into that too much you know usually you get the venue and in you know 700 to 800 people for WordCamp um, I think Europe is going to be over a thousand and San Francisco's it's going to be slightly higher, but 770 for WordCamp Miami is probably going to be like the top five in the U.S. probably as far as size, but that's still not large compared to some of the other conferences where they attract thousands of people. Right. These are for profit. Usually some of these are for, I'm, I'm going to guess and say it's probably for profit conferences or something right. along those lines. They're not non-for-profit. So yeah, there is a marketing budget for that. I, I don't first, I don't really think there, there's a great need in terms of filling the seats in WordCamps regarding a budget, but yeah, there's you do want to get you do want to continue promoting, especially the larger WordCamps. Yeah, you know, so yeah, I agree. I mean, and maybe it's just I'm so so damn passionate about it because number one, we both love WordPress, or everybody listening to this at least uh, loves WordPress to some degree. I hope, um, but WordCamps to me are like the best value, best thing you can do for your WordPress business, and even your other, even if you're just a marketing person working at an agency, you might sell cars, but your 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 site uses WordPress. Um, there's something for everybody there. Maybe that's why I'm so darn passionate about it. I think um, what might help too would be live streaming a larger conference. I know San Francisco does, and Miami's yeah. tried to do that in the past and offer tickets on a, on a on a national scale, something like that. Because somebody may go to a local 200-person WordCamp or hear about it, and they just may you know they may not pay as much attention to it until they get to these larger, more uh, 
not thinking of the word here, you know, promote, not promoted, but more, you know, the larger events like Phoenix, yeah, the more well Francisco, known. Yeah. the more well-known ones might be more enticing to somebody who doesn't know about WordCamps yet, maybe, yeah. if it's not local. So. Right. All right, let's talk about you as a freelancer and how you've sort of um, narrowed your focus in on sort of the BuddyPress projects and, and plug-in development. Um, give us a rundown on that. I mean, wh why the focus? Uh, how did you get there? Um, and what is it? What has it meant to your business? Okay, well, you're gonna have to remind me because I got a short memory when it comes. It's okay. To <laughs> All right, I'll just get okay. How did I get there? I, I asked why, why did you pick BuddyPress while everyone else is, you know, WordPress themes, you know, WordPress marketing sites, you know, the $500 site uh, for the client? Why did you pick BuddyPress? Well, I don't know. BuddyPress picked me, maybe. No. <laughs> Let's bring Yoda in here. Uh, there's, there's, well, I mean, I was always, like I said, I've been involved with the Word, you know, with the WordPress community and WordPress sites for a while. But um, late 2008, I heard about a series of plugins from a guy named Andy Peatley. Peatley, hope that's how you say it. <laughs> I was just getting into social networks with Twitter and stuff around 2008. So that's when, the, you know, the it was really starting to to become a thing and uh, making the headlines. So I was interested, I was interested in social networks, which is ironic because I'm kind of antisocial. <laughs> I, I, no, oh, you're not. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you think I am because I run WordCamp Miami, but I only run it because I don't have to socialize with a lot of people. <laughs> I, it's, I'm too busy, so I keep, it looks like I'm doing something right. Um, so yeah, that's my secret, I just let it out. So um, 2008, um, these series of plugins and modules um, from Andy, were just he was just starting to talk about them, and I was so interested in these, in, in, in the social aspect of trying to bring it to a WordPress you know, word level where you would own your own data and do all the things that benefit from running a Word, WordPress site. That I decided to follow it. I literally started following the project from BuddyPress point zero one, which was just like one or two basic modules you had to like install by hand or something like that, and. When BuddyPress 1.0 was released in April of um, 2009, I immediately started using it for client projects, and it's progressed to the point today where mo the majority of my freelance work has been using BuddyPress, has BuddyPress involved with the project in some way, shape, or form. How did you so find the really client that wanted a BuddyPress implementation? Um, well, there's two things. One, some a lot of them these days find me, which is amazing. I guess we'll talk about that in a minute. But yep. um, especially early on when people didn't even realize they could do this with WordPress or didn't even realize WordPress or BuddyPress existed, much less WordPress maybe. Um, I started offering clients, the right clients, who would have good fits for a project, like if they were designing a website where you could view recipes or view you know, car parts or something like that, I would figure out, I would look at the project and say, you know, what additional value can we bring to this site using BuddyPress or using something similar and try to get them a little bit ahead of the curve in turn, you know, every, these days it's, it's automatic that any startup project or any project that you have should usually have a social component in it these days. Um, it's very popular, but a couple, but um, a couple of years ago that wasn't so obvious. So it was, it was trying to think of the client's best interest in terms of, Hey, you know, if you've got a little bit, ex you know, extra time and budget to work, I think this is going to bring tremendous value for your site, and that's how a lot of my BuddyPress projects got started. Um, how how would one use BuddyPress on a car parts site? Kind of interested in that. Mm, car parts site. Um, let's see if I can try to remember that guy. Well, 
everybody, it was a, it was a question of people logging in and um, listing their preferences in terms of what cars that they work on or, or what cars that they've, you know, have worked on or what cars that they owned and, and that sort of thing. And people would um, offer, they would be able to post inside their profiles like parts they were able to um, sell. So there was an e-commerce level involved in that as well. And they kind of, it wasn't like an eBay or anything on that level of e-commerce, but it was just enough to say it, there were groups and forums inside the website for, you know, what type, I'm not a car person, so this was, sure. this was kind of tough for me. Yeah. But it was like, yeah, hey, I was, you know, these are, these are the cars that I like to work with, or these are conventions that, auto conventions that I attended, and it, you know, it allowed them to keep track of, you know, all of the, um, you know, the parts that they sold, the conventions they attended, and that sort of thing. And it, and it added to, you know, people could view the public profile and decide, hey, I want to follow this person because this person knows how to work on, you know, Mustangs or something along those lines. It was very simplistic a couple of years ago, but now today it's, it's, it's much more complex where the it's not just um, the website has a social layer like on top of it. It is actually so intertwined with the social layer that now the projects that I'm doing that it's it's hard to tell where, where BuddyPress or social ends and anything else of the other part of the site begins. Yeah, so is it fair to say that um, BuddyPress is a sort of a cornerstone to uh, social app building, um, you know, using WordPress, or so is, you know, are, are you using BuddyPress to do that, and are you positioning yourself for folks working with you as sort of your value add being, I'm the guy that can integrate social and create these social layers on your site. I don't care about design or how you've developed the rest of the site, but I bring this social level to this project. Or do you take on that entire, the entire project from start to finish? It's kind of like four questions in one, so pick one. <laughs> well, I don't, I, I, I don't do design usually on these projects because there, there's a whole other that's a whole other topic about, um, you know, the criteria that you should have when, when you approach a BuddyPress developer. And um, part of that is, and I, I'm going on a, off on a tangent, I can't remember, but um, it's, it's these, you know, people that are, there's usually, outside of sites that you're adding the social layer on top of, there is, there is two other case scenarios, I guess you could say, for at least that I've experienced with, with people coming to BuddyPress sites. Besides the ones where, you know, hey, we can add the social component to your site. There, there's one where there's, believe it or not, corporate intranets is, is another one that I do some work in because those are usually social by nature and because people want their corporations, people in the corporations to interact with each other and work on projects. But the other one, the other has actually been the best use case that I've seen recently and involved with for the past couple of years is startups. Um, a lot of the upcoming startups have some sort of social layer on top of integrated with them. It's kind of like an app. Now, when you talk about building apps with WordPress, web apps or mobile apps, that's that's kind of the level of which I'm been seeing the past couple of years. So I've worked on a number of startup projects that have either have WordPress and BuddyPress as its base, or they're more proof of concept websites where it's like, listen, we want to build something relatively inexpensive, you know, like, you know, like 10 or 20 grand or less, which sounds like a lot, but, you know, they're looking for hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars potentially. And they just want a proof of concept site to be able to show to potential investors. And now that BuddyPress has made it so much easier and cost effective to add these social components 
or to create these apps from scratch sometimes when it's purely a cost, you know, you know the next Instagram or the next uh, um, Foursquare type of apps, you know, or those are the things that on a small on a smaller scale that is possible now with WordPress and BuddyPress. And now that AppPressor exists, which I know you're aware of, um, now you can actually have an actual mobile app now with your BuddyPress site. So these things are coming together where it's now effective cost-effective and time-effective to build a to build these types of things. Now, I probably didn't address whatever question you asked, though. No, that was the, actually that was a great yeah. that was a great answer. What I see, what I'm looking for, and and you and you nailed it on the head, is I'm looking for folks to to get out of this interview, particularly the uh, other areas of opportunity. We spend so much time talking about the design, the development, how to manage a client, and how to find those types of clients for your typical brochureware site or marketing site or even your very basic WordPress e-commerce site. But we never look at the opportunity of building something more robust, be it an app or integrating some social layer uh, on top of that. Is there a particular takeaway that you'd want the audience to know about working in the BuddyPress scene? Maybe it's, it's, maybe it's focusing on BuddyPress to find the type of clients that you work with now. Um, is there any kind of uh, takeaway you'd recommend or something you'd recommend in this space? Uh, if you, um, there's, there's people that are working, there was people that more and more people are, just, are at least learning about WordPress because of its popularity in BuddyPress. So those are the kinds of people that can approach developers and say, hey, listen, I want to, what about this BuddyPress thing? Is it any good? So those developers, some, a lot of developers, I, I don't have, don't know about BuddyPress. And even the best developers in the industry hire contractors on a regular basis. So I my what I my takeaway is that you know a good you know if you if you're if you're going to try to do this yourself, BuddyPress developers shouldn't just dive into projects. They think there's a lot when you're working with BuddyPress or a social any site. There's a social element. You've got to think more about the experience. You got to think more about the UI before you code. There's more. It's usually more time consuming to go into deep custom changes later. So you want to so your client or the developer that is going to hand this off to a BuddyPress developer needs to be able to say, he either I've already got this things ready to go or I need to be willing to spend more time and more budget to do this preliminary planning, you know, everything from the wireframes to the user experience to the design. And, you know, I do some help in that department. And, but it's still something, I still a big takeaway with anybody who wants to take on a BuddyPress site or any site with a social component is that it's, it's more complicated and it requires a, usually a lot more attention and thought. Yeah. No, it is fascinating stuff. Um, you know, and I'll just say it again. I mean, I just think that we focus so much on the big, you know, the biggest elephant in the room, which is $500 client, need to charge them 5000 so that I can have a, a sustainable business and I need to edu educate the client on web and tech. Uh, meanwhile, there's this whole other sector that sort of already gets it and you can look for opportunities in that area, be it using AppPressor, BuddyPress, connecting the two, um, building social components. There's so much other th things that can be built with WordPress uh, that I don't even think that some of us veterans are sort of focusing on. Well, the, yeah, the big takeaway, though, is that I, I think you asked this question, which I, <laughs> which I didn't answer, um, like how do I position myself for this type of, uh, of work? And, I mean, I was fortunate enough to find BuddyPress when it was practically born and kind of stay with it because I, I was interested in it. 
And I still think projects like that or opportunities like that exist today. One of the reasons why I, was, why I am able to do what I do as a full-time freelancer is that I found a niche that not too many people were jumping on board with. And I found something that I liked. And um, I just was there, again, at its birth. So I talked enough about it, blogged enough about it, tweeted enough about it. So that anyway, I'm either the Buddy Press guy or the WordCamp Miami guy or the guy who tweets you know, over tweets when he goes to conferences. <laughs> like, and why in the hell am I following this guy? Yeah. And, but, but it's that niche that helped me stand out. So a lot of developers, they sometimes stand out by, you know, the, 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 the unique, interesting ways that they do custom coding or they contribute to WordPress. It's, it's finding that thing that makes you more or less stand out in front of a crowd. And as much mm -hmm. as I kid that, you know, I'm not really known for my development skills because I just gave you the three things I'm most popular for. I, at least I'm known. So right. <laughs> that's, that's half the battle, my friend. <laughs> yeah, until the day I screw up or embarrass myself, and then it'll all come tumbling down. But until yeah. that day, at least I'm known. So I found something that I was at least passionate about and, and good enough in that, that you know, when people think buddy press, after, you know, like a billion people, they'll probably think of me. Mm. Uh, we're running down to the last few minutes. How, how do the folks see what I envision? Um, I, I, you know, I, sometimes I'll look at the, the WordPress job job board, right, just to see what's out there, right, just to see what people are posting. Sometimes it's really just to get a chuckle uh, to read the sort of job descriptions that these folks are putting out, like yeah, looking for a super, for super ninja that can you know code well. He or she sleeps and all that fun stuff. Uh, do you have sort of a minimum, um, you know, buy-in to working with you, or do you have a, a particular process that your that your clients have to go through in order to uh, accept a proposal from you? Well, I I have a minimum project level, but it's it's nothing that's. I mean, it's pretty low considering nowadays. I think it's just a couple grand, but it's mostly just to weed out the people that, you know, that are that have you know not the expectations that would suit me well as a developer. Is probably the best way to put it. Sure. Um, it's still, and it's it's forgiving because you know if they're if these people are not insane in the membrane, then I do actually refer them to other people that would work for them. But it's still a most of the work that I do now. I've reached a point where I'm working a lot on referrals, and which is fantastic. Um, but still, I've I've gone through you know rough roads getting to this point. I was laid off from my job at the same time my kid was born brain dead so at the same time and it was just you know I've been through some really rough patches I've been laid off and oh I was laid off at the same time yeah so I've been through some really rough patches but I was just um I forgot my point <laughs> it wasn't that happens easy sometimes that, yes it was <laughs> yes that happens sometimes and this is the reason why I do a lot of my client work over email yeah I agree yeah. but yeah it was it, it, it's it's trying to get through the rough times and Trying to realize that hey, you've got a, you've got, you've got a, you've, again, it's all about that trying to find that niche and in what you do and not not having. There's a lot of the demand for buddy press has been, I think, is increasing and especially since you know there's more buddy camps, there's more mention of them at work camps now. More people are beginning to realize this is a this is a this is a well supported tool. Um, it's you know it's supported from the same people who are supporting WordPress. So. You know, it's 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 a valuable option, and um, you know, so it's looking good, looking good, uh, onward and upward. One final takeaway for the freelancer who 
is listening to this saying, you know what, I'm going through some some rough patches right now. I can't find the right client. Everybody only wants to pay me a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks. Um, you know, non-business stuff aside, but uh, you know, lifestyle for your own mental health and well-being. Any any parting advice for those who just want to run a good business and be happy in life? Um, any advice for that person? Try to find things that um, you can do that um, can add, that can give you more value, which is kind of a horrible non-specific answer. But the way I gave myself more value is that I got involved in my local community. I started, I was organizing my meetups. Word Camp Miami was a big thing. So that that type of work, that type of exposure, and if you are, depending upon how much experience you have as a developer, Networking can be a tremendous opportunity because if you, even if it's just other WordPress people that begin to know you, these are the people that are usually like way overbooked, like way, they, they could probably, there's probably a lot of people in the WordPress network that can offer, that provide you with enough work, the quality work, the work that you're probably looking for, or at very least a stepping stone to it. Every time I go to WordCamps, I always see the whiteboards that have, you know, we're looking for WordPress people. So this is the opportunity to, net, to, to especially get in on, on this networking level with these people because I, there will come a day where there will probably where the demand for the WordPress development is going to go down or cool off at least a little bit. I mean it's inevitable. Um, I agree. Um, it's just a question of when. Is it going to be in two years? Is it going to be in five years? Is it going to be in ten years? You know, it doesn't. You know, who knows? But it's inevitable and. We are, but I still think at the same time we are in the very, you're still in the early stages of this um, being able to to just you know not have to necessarily be certified or anything in terms of if you know what you're doing and are learning to learn and grow and work with you know other companies, other WordPress companies or other developers, you can still make a name for yourself, especially if you do find that niche like I did. So do it now. While you while the well, there's so many other opportunities out there, and go to meetups, go to other meetups, go to other WordCamps. You know, invest a little. If there's not one in your area, it's a good investment to to try to go to the strategically try to pick a good big WordCamp that you can that you can visit and just like me, I'm not social, but I force myself to be social and to, for people to to get to know me, and you know, it helped me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome advice, Dave. And hey, look, if you can't make it to a WordCamp, you can always hit up WP Armchair and sort of watch it from the comfort of your own home, right? And sort of get in on, on the mix over there. Yeah, or and, and eventually start your own, or there's other WordCamps, or there's other WordPress conferences now that aren't WordCamps um, that are offering, you know, live streaming or other things in your area that you may be able to attend. It's not just it may not be just WordCamps if you go to, if there's any conferences that are related to your department that you'll probably need some WordPress people there. Awesome stuff, Dave. Dave, where can folks find you on the web to say thanks? Usually not to say thanks. I prefer, well, <laughs> where can they seek you out if there's a warrant? <laughs> Why did you waste my time with this podcast? Um, DavidBissett.com and I'm Dimension Media on Twitter. And if especially I love talking about WordCamps and BuddyPress. So I'm not going to build you a WordCamp, but if you want a WordPress, if you want, <laughs> if you want a BuddyPress site, I guess that's good. I guess that's probably, yeah, just let's stick to the BuddyPress stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All things BuddyPress. Yeah, that's, let's just, let's just stick to that, to that. And if I can't be a service, then I probably know someone who, who, who could. And that's, because it's, it's all, it's all one big community. We're not 
competitors were comrades. So. Awesome stuff. Uh, anybody who has those questions, go ahead and find Dave on the web. Seek him out. I'm sure he'll be happy to help. Uh, amazing interview. For those of you who just and only listen to the audio, uh, thank you for that, number one. But number two... <laughs> thank you. Yeah, that's... that's <laughs> you are doing yourself a favor. <laughs> Head on over to the YouTube channel so you can see Dave uh, in all his glory, but also uh, the framed T-shirts of the WordCamps that he has behind the wall, or excuse me, behind him on the wall. Uh, it's pretty awesome memorabilia. So Dave, thanks again. Thanks everybody. MattReport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Uh, if you're doing some stuff in WordPress, this is the podcast you should listen to. Thanks everybody. Thank you, Matt.